Welcome to Passionate and Prosperous, the only podcast about creating success in your life and business by using your voice, gifts, and skills to do the work that lights you up, make money, and have massive impact in the world. This show teaches coaches, creatives, and service-oriented human beings how to trust in yourself and leverage your unique message, experience, and expertise to attract your ideal audience, create clients, and organically build your soul-aligned business. I'm your host, Mindset and Business Strategy Coach, Stacey Brass Russell, and I can't wait to help you to set yourself up for success and use your passion to create the prosperous life and business that you truly desire. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Passionate and Prosperous. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to remind you that next week on Wednesday, December 1st, you are invited to join me for the next Passionate and Prosperous community call, which is taking place at 1 p.m. on Zoom. I love bringing people together in community. Being around like-minded individuals and spending an hour in a high-vibe environment while doing a little personal development work is so good for your soul. These calls are free and I host them because even though I love being this sexy voice on a microphone in your ear, I also really want to see your beautiful face and connect with you. So if you want to join us, all you have to do is go to my website, www.stacybrassrussell.com and scroll to to the bottom of the homepage where you can sign up for my mailing list. And that way you'll get the link to join the call delivered directly to your inbox. And with that, sit back, relax, and enjoy episode four of Passionate and Prosperous. Hello and welcome back to Passionate and Prosperous. This is Stacey Brass Russell, your host, and we are together today for episode four, and I titled this episode, Who Are You For? Yeah, Who Are You For? And I'm just going to start right off, and I'm going to give you the answer. I'm not even going to make it something that you have to wait for, that leave you hanging or in suspense. The answer to that question, who are you for, is not everybody. So we started off talking about um, the importance of knowing your why. We also talked about saying yes before you know how. So when you are living a passionate and prosperous life and you are trying to do the work that lights you up and you want to be making big moves in order to be utilizing your gifts and your skills and doing what lights you up, whether that's to make money or even just to have a a passionate and prosperous life, to know that you're including in your life the things that are really important to you, that that you are here to do, that you're using your creativity, that you feel that you are taking what is inside of you and making the best use of it so that you can feel amazing and like you're fulfilling your purpose. It, you know, so even if you're not doing it to monetize, although I do you know, often talk to and work with people who are using their passion to then turn that into a business. But anyway, we talked about the importance of your why, the importance of taking risks and saying yes before you know how. And today we are going to talk about the importance of knowing who you are for. So I am a mindset and business strategy coach. 
And I focus on what I call organic service-based business strategy. And what that means is that you are creating clients or and or growing your audience, right? So even if you're not uh, using your talent and your gifts just to work one-on-one, you know, with people, but you are wanting to do like what I'm doing, have a podcast or write your book or create content that people want to absorb, that people are looking forward to, whatever that is, that you are doing that by giving the people what they want. So I'm going to say that again, and you'll hear me talk about this a lot. The importance of knowing that organic business-based strategy, organic service-based business strategy is giving your ideal clients or your ideal audience what they want. And so the reason that the answer to the question, who are you for, is not everybody, is because there is no way that any one of us could create content and put ourselves out there in the world in a way that every single person on planet Earth is into it and wants to follow us and resonates and thinks, wow, I love what he or she or they are putting out there and I'm going to I'm going to stick with it. There is no way. And if that's your expectation, you are going to be very, very disappointed. In fact, you're going to think that you're failing all the time if what you're looking for is everyone in the world wanting to work with you or wanting to follow you or wanting to take in what it is that you're putting out. So when we talk about giving people what they want, right, we're talking about creating content that attracts the kind of people to you, to what you're putting out there that will ultimately want either your services or will want to keep absorbing and and taking in what it is that you're putting out there because they're benefiting from it in some way. Now, obviously, we all know that entertainment, like when people take things in for entertainment, they might not be looking for transformation. They might not necessarily be looking at something that, you know, they're not judging something's entertainment value as, oh, is this actually helping me? Is it helping me solve a problem? Is it helping me to transform? Is it helping me to shift the way that I think? No, it is true. Entertainment for the sake of entertainment does not necessarily focus on that, right? We don't necessarily only watch something that we find funny because we're thinking, oh, uh, you know, am I finding this funny and also somehow, you know, becoming a better person? (laughs) No, that's not necessarily the focus. But what we're talking about on this podcast and who I work with, what, what I do is I help people who want to create content, right, or create services that ultimately help other people. That's what service-based means, right? That's a, if you're a creative, if you're a coach, if you're a wellness professional, um, you are someone who technically, and even if I'm going to say creative in terms of even if you are writing a book, putting out a podcast, creating, creating content, writing a blog, right? If you are someone who's creating content that you want other people to want to engage with from a service-based point of view, then the content that you're creating needs to be something that they specifically are looking for, want, or receive value from. And at the end of the day, when you want to make money from putting out your content and your services, 
you've got to be helping people solve a problem. That is ultimately what is the driving force behind people investing in coaching or in service-based offerings, right? That we're helping them to solve a problem. We're, help, we're giving them something that they either want or need. And when they want it, we, I mean they want it. Like, they want it badly, right? So if, if you're a coach and you want someone to invest in your coaching services, you better believe that that person better really be needing the coaching that you're offering or they need to be wanting it really badly because they feel that if they have it, it's going to get them where they want to go. It's going to get them the outcome that they want. We'll keep talking about this. This is such an important part of understanding what it means to create a service-based business. But I really thought it was important to, to come out early, come out of the gate early with this topic, which is the importance of knowing even if you're in the beginning stages of I think I want to I think I want to create some sort of a service-based business. I think I want to create content and put it out there on social media or you know live and in person. I want to or I want to be a speaker. I want to do talks, right? What whatever it is that you want to create and put out there at the very beginning of deciding that you want to take action on that. One of the most important things to start knowing is who are you for? So that you can be creating what it is that you're creating with them in mind, speaking to them directly, having a language and and an understanding that will help them to identify themselves so that when you're putting your stuff out there and someone comes across it, sees it, is taking it in, they're literally feeling like you're speaking to them or you're speaking their language, or there's something about you and what you're saying and what you're sharing, whether it's what you're teaching or whether it's how you're inspiring or motivating or how you're letting them know that you can help them to solve a problem, whatever that is, whoever's listening and watching, what's going to get them to either follow you, stick around, want what's coming next, or invest in whatever it is that you're putting out there, your service, whatever costs money, they are going to need to be feeling that you're really speaking to them, that they're going to identify and they're going to feel it. I call it a pang, a pang in their heart when you say the right thing or when they hear the right thing. So I'm really excited to talk about this. And I'm now going to use the dreaded word. You might have been thinking, (laughs) already knowing what I'm talking about. But what we're talking about here is the importance of having a niche. And this is a little bit controversial, right? There are so many people out there who, uh, well, there are some people who lean heavy, heavy, heavy toward if you don't have a niche, you can't have a service-based business, right? And then there are other people who try to tell you, you don't need a niche, you don't need a niche. And I'm going to say I'm somewhere in the middle, which is that I believe you absolutely need a niche. And I also know that if you are, a, a, a thought leader, we're going to call it. If you are someone who who has a lot of stuff in you, a big mission, if you know that you're here to inspire lots and lots and lots of people, right, you may find that your niche with certain kinds of offerings can be a little bit, we'll call it broader and bigger. It doesn't mean you still don't need to know who it is that you're for, 
right? But who you're for in the bigger picture, like who might listen to your podcast or read your book, might be a bigger audience than who might ultimately connect with you in such a way, we're going to say one-on-one, or maybe at some point, if you have an offering like a a group program, or if you offer a course or something pre-recorded or a service. So anything that someone may invest money in, whether it's working directly with you personally, or taking in something that you're putting out, some sort of a product, or choosing you, choosing you to be their service provider, right? Choosing you to work with them, right? I'm a... um, I have a business as an entrepreneur. I have to have people that I work with. You, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, you choose a web designer. You choose in this, in my case, I'll just say your podcast producer, right? When you choose the people that you work with, right? You are choosing those people and, and your clients. Now we're talking about them being people that will choose you as a professional. They're doing that based on feeling a connection to you and feeling like you have something really specific that, that is relevant for them, that you're not just a general practitioner. You're not a general coach. You're not a general copywriter. You're not a general wellness professional, but you're the kind of person because you're really great at what you do or you have a specific point of view, right, that that person needs and wants to work with. So that's really what your niche is. And when I say I'm somewhere in the middle, it's that I don't think that you have to use a super, super, super drilled down, hyper narrow niche if what you want to be doing is, you know, inspiring an audience of people. But I do think that you need a niche if you want people to pay you for your one-on-one services, especially. And that's where you have to begin, right? If you're if you're listening to this this podcast and you're a coach, right? Or you're a wellness professional, like I, I work with a lot of yoga teachers. Um, you know, if you've been listening, you know I have a 20-year background in in being a yoga teacher, owning a yoga studio. Um, if you're an energy worker, you know, if you're any sort of a health professional, and then if you're a creative, like I already mentioned, I work with, I have clients that are copywriters. One of my clients is a is a digital video editor. She's a storyteller, right? If you're a web designer, if you're a podcast producer, right? If you if you are someone who's a creative that offers a service for other people to work with you and invest invest in working with you, then you need to know who you serve and who your ideal client is so that when you are trying to attract clients and generate revenue in your business, you can create the kind of content that they are going to find valuable, they're going to find helpful, they're going to find useful. And I'm going to do it an add-on here, even if you're not someone who's building your business by creating content. Like even if you're not someone who is, you know, putting on workshops or master classes or doing talks, or if you're not using your content on social media, for example, to teach something, which if if you're in the service-based industry, like I hope that's what you're doing. And I hope that by listening to this podcast, you'll start doing it if you're not doing it already. But even if you have a referral based business right even if you and we're going to talk about this in a moment are attracting your clients by 
having other people. You're a, you're a great networker. You're really great at like, at get at, you know, talking to people when you actually get in front of them or when you can meet them and they refer people to you or your clients refer people to you. Even if that is your business, you still have to have clarity on who your ideal client is and what your niche is so that you can be telling that to other people on a consistent basis. So essentially, in order to create clients in a service-based business, you have got to be talking to people, whether those are your prospective clients or the people that may refer them to you or to the world at large on social media. And when you're putting yourself out there on social media, right, or you're putting out something for people to, to find you, right, it's got to be specific. Your website, if you just make your website about you, right? You, someone goes to, to stacybrassrussell.com and they want to see like what is available for them, but they get to the website and it's just about me and I'm just talking about me and me and my services and this is what I can offer you and this is my background and this is why I'm so great at what I do. Guess what's going to happen? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Someone might go, oh, wow, she seems really cool. And then you know what? They're going to leave the website. So if someone is looking for support, help, some sort of service that they need, some sort of outcome that they want for themselves, when they find you, the first thing that they better know, <laughs> they better experience is what's in it for them and how you can help them. And and, and how you're going to be the perfect person to help them either solve their problem or get what they want, whatever that transformation is, whatever that support is, whatever that partnership is, it's all about them. So we'll, get, we'll come back now to who are you for? That is your niche. Your niche is essentially you knowing who is most likely to want to work with you. You know, when I work with uh, with my clients that come to me for support in their business, I work with so many coaches and creatives and, that, and service-based entrepreneurs. That, that's what I do. That's what I help people do, right? And we start talking about who are you for. What I always find, you know, so interesting is when someone comes to me and they're not realizing, they're not realizing that the reason that they started wanting to do what they do, right? Wanting to be whatever they're being, a coach, a life coach, a health coach, uh, you know, some sort of a wellness professional, or, or if they're a creative that's offering a creative service or whatever it is. I have, I, I've worked with, with, with organizers, right? Someone who's a personal organizer, all kinds of, all kinds of service-based people, Right? I currently have a, a bunch of clients that are that are that sell essential oils or you know really really high quality products in service. Right? When whenever I start working with someone and I start asking them, well, who are you for? Like, who who's your people? What's your niche? And they think they don't know. This is like the most common thing, right? It's like they think they don't know. And I say, let's go back. Let's go back. And I want you to think about the the moment or the time when you decided to do this, when you decided, I'm going to be a coach. Hey, I'm going to be a coach or I want to teach yoga or, you know, I want to, I want to go all in on, on helping people to live a natural holistic lifestyle or, you know, or I, 
I want to, I want to help other people. I want to, I want to write their copy or make their websites or do their, their, their designs. I want, I want to give people like support so that they can have successful businesses. I want you to, when I tell them, I want you to think back to what made you think that that was a good idea. (laughs) Like, like what made you think that you should do that? And what we start talking about is how the reason that we get these ideas about who we are and what we're here to do is based on the feedback or the interactions or the reflections that we start getting of ourselves from the people that we're around. So I'm going to give you an example, okay? So I was a I was a yoga teacher for many years before I became a coach and when I first became a yoga, when I first decided to do my yoga teacher training, I did it not thinking that I was going to all of a sudden have a 20 year career as a yoga teacher. I did it because I thought, you know what? I'm an actor. I, I, you know, I, I don't like waiting tables. And in between my acting jobs, I want to, um, I want to do something that I, that I like. I want to make money doing something that I enjoy. So I did my yoga teacher training, not really thinking that it was going to be this, you know, 20 year career that I ended up developing and owning a studio and stuff. But I did my yoga teacher training. And one of the reasons why I did it though, is because I actually did think like, I'll be good at this. I I did think, well, I love a great yoga class where there's, you know, where there's um, a great playlist. You know, I like to go to yoga classes where the teacher plays awesome music that transports me and that like create adds to the experience and I can get lost in the movement. And, and I love when a teacher really knows how to like take us on a journey where, you know, they, they plant a seed for, for what we're going to be thinking about, like, you know, how we're going to be transforming during this yoga class. And, and I love the connection of, uh, moving my body and feeling it, it, you know, in my heart and in my soul. And, And I knew, that I would be good at that. I was a performer. I'm a mu- I'm musical. I'm a musical person. I'm a movement person. And I thought, I, I can do this. I can create this experience for other people. But here's the thing. I knew from being around the people that I was around as I was getting into yoga and who was I surrounded by? Who were my people? My people were other performers, other creatives, other, you know, other people that also loved to have those kinds of experiences, those kinds of experiences in their body and, you know, and that were soulful. And so when I got the idea to be a yoga teacher and create yoga classes, I already had the people in mind that I knew would want to take my yoga class because I was around them. And then later on, and I'm going to jump now to almost 20 years later, when I became a coach, I became a coach knowing full well that all of these people that I interacted with on a daily basis, my yoga students, some of them that have, were my students for, for all those years, for almost 20 years, and, and even ones that were my students only for a shorter amount of time when I owned a studio, people that wanted one-on-one yoga lessons with me, all of the teachers that I trained to be teachers and therefore had relationships with them and I was mentoring them, guess what? I knew what all of these people were struggling with. And I knew that I could help them. 
I was hearing all the time from people not knowing. I started out as a health coach before I became a mindset and a business strategy coach. I was hearing from people all the time that were struggling with, you know, not knowing which which fad diet they should follow, <laughs> like literally not knowing if they should be gluten free or if they should do keto or if they should do the whole 30. And I was hearing from people all the time about how they felt in their bodies and people walking around with injuries and people walking around with levels of stress that were off the charts. And I was around all these people and they were telling me their personal life stories and I was showing up for them as a yoga teacher, as a mentor, as a coach and helping them apply all of the tools that I had been amassing over the years. I mean, 20 years of investing in my, in my own practices and my own scholarship and my own studying and learning more and more and more things and getting better and better and better at what I do. And I was becoming an expert that was so beyond the scope of just being a yoga teacher in the classroom. And people were coming to me and people were telling me. So when I first became a coach, you bet your ass I knew that there were people out there that needed the kind of coach that I was being because I became a coach with them in mind. And when I talk about this with with my clients and with people that come to me and they think they don't know their niche and I start pushing, I'm pushing, I'm saying, you've got to tell me what made you think that someone needed what you're telling me you offer. There had to be a moment when you thought this is a good idea. We don't like create our ideas about who we want to be, about what we want to do. We don't just decide, I'm going to offer this service in a vacuum. We don't just think, I'm going to do this. I'm going to create a service. I'm going to charge for it. But I have no idea if there's anyone in the world who needs it or wants it. I'm sorry, but I am just going to tell you that that I know that that doesn't happen. I know it doesn't happen. And it's never failed that when I start really asking someone, come on, I really want you to go back and think about when you decided to take your coaching training or when you decided to take this whatever training, or maybe you didn't take a training, right? I'm about to start working with two new amazing clients who are going to be coaches and they didn't do an official coaching training. They have other backgrounds it, you know, they have other stuff that has, has given them their expertise and that they know they can support other people in this amazing way, right? And why do they want to be coaches? They want to be coaches because they have finally gotten to the point where they have seen what other people come to them for, what their gifts and skills are, what area of expertise they have been building just from like all the things that they've been doing in their life. And they also know that there are people out there because of their true real life experience that need something that they can offer. And now they're coming to me so that we can actually like kind of turn it into something, right? Like kind of make it real and tangible and help to put the service together. What are you offering? You know, how does this become a business? But the reason that they want to do this is not because they just woke up one day and and thought, hmm, let me just think about something totally new and different that I have no reason to believe. I already know anybody that could use my services. I'm just going to come up with something and I'm going to see if I can like make it work. So, and if anyone does do that, and I occasionally do end up having a call or, or working with someone who kind of did do something like that, and I'll tell you when that happens. It's when you have your own experience 
right? Someone who, who, who transforms themselves or has some incredible, you know, journey where they did the work and they came out on the other side, resilient, a survivor, seeing, you know, like how they were able to have this, these incredible, you know, shifts and outcomes for themselves. And now they want to turn around and help other people do that. And they didn't necessarily know anyone in particular, but they want to do this. And I always am very transparent and honest with those people. And I say, it's going to be a little bit of a tougher road if you're starting from scratch, meaning you literally can tell me that there's not one person in your sphere, I call it your sphere, your sphere of service, like the people who currently exist in your life, who you currently know, if what you're telling me is that when people find out what you have available, if there's not one person in your life that needs what it is that you're about to say is possible and and available, it's going to be a little bit harder or maybe even a lot harder. And I don't like to say that things are impossible. They're not. But I also like to be really honest and tell people, if you're really telling me that you decided to do this and you literally don't know one single person that, that, that you can tell me was, was a contributing factor to what let you know that this was needed or that you were good at it, then we're really going to be creating your niche from kind of like the brain. And then as you start putting yourself out there, we're going to be refining it as we start to see who is responding, who is coming forward. And that is possible. It's possible to do it that way. But I'm going to tell you that the majority of the time that anybody chooses to do something in service, it's because something was already letting them know that there were people who needed it. And when you know that there are people who need it, and this is, this is like a big, big kind of thing that I hope you're going to take away from, from, from today, they are going to be, the people that you already know are almost always going to be your first handful or round of clients. And after you kind of go through those people, and I don't mean like your best friends and family, <laughs> okay? First of all, you know, very rarely are our friends and family like the people flocking to our services, <laughs> even though they think, uh, I mean, not always, but sometimes your friends and family are so supportive. They're like, yes, go for it. But then they're not the ones investing with you, right? Sometimes they are. Um, a lot of time they're not. Um, so when I say people you know, I'm not necessarily talking about literally your best friend, but I'm, but, but I'm going to put a big button here. But for me as a yoga teacher, life coach, mindset person, I am going to tell you that many of my best friends who come to me as their best friend, right? I mean, I have a handful of really, 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 really close friends. I still have my, my best friends from elementary school. Okay. And I'm going to tell you that my relationships with my best friends and what they talk to me about and what their challenges are and what their struggles are, are a big part of what lets me know what people need and what I am the best at helping with. So even if it's not my best friends that are the ones then investing in my services, I at least know that I can use them as the prototype for knowing exactly who I speak to, exactly who are the kind of people who ultimately will want to work with me and do want to work with me, right? So we need to use all of this in order to start figuring out who we are for. Because 
in the beginning, and I'm going to tell you, I'm, 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 I'm really transparent. I'm not here. I'm never going to be here. I'm making a vow to you. My, you know, hopefully my, my, my listeners, the, this community that I want to build here, um, I will be transparent. And I am going to tell you that when I first started my coaching business, my first good amount of clients were people that knew me as their yoga teacher for, for any number of years or, or months or days. I don't know. But when they found out, that I was now available as a, in the beginning, a health and life coach before I started attracting a lot of coaches very naturally. And so I kind of became an organic service-based business strategy coach by experience, like literally by who was coming to me, who was attracted to me, what did they want, okay? But in the beginning, when I was like, hey, everybody, I'm, I'm a health and life coach, it was really easy for me to create clients. Why? Because I had already been talking to people in that same realm of wellness and, you know, health, life, wellness. Uh, as a yoga teacher, I, I was always, I am always someone who's going to always include the spiritual and the philosophical aspects of yoga. That is what I believe yoga is. I believe that doing the postures and the poses and the physical practice practices of yoga are the tools that we use to actually experience the ultimate yoga, which is the philosophy and and what it does to your brain. So literally what it does to your energy, body, your brain, your heart. Okay. So anyway, so because that was what I was doing for so many years and people knew that about me, when I said I was now available as a, as a personal coach, my first bunch of clients were the people that already knew, liked, and trusted me. And they were like, I want you to be my coach. And so my first handful of clients were not people that I had to attract from the, you know, the vast open world or from the world of social media. I didn't start my coaching business that now has grown in, I mean, I think it's a short amount of time that like in three and a half years, I have a a multiple six-figure coaching business. I started that business with all people who were coming through my my path in real life, in real life. I now have people that have come through the online world from connecting with me on social media, from seeing on social media that I'm offering a masterclass or something that is of service to them, <laughs> right? And then they go, I want that. And they sign up for something free with me. And then then they connect with me and then a lot of them move forward into being in a, in, in a coaching partnership with me or joining my program. Now, three and a half years in to my business, where I have so much clarity on who I serve and I have so much specificity about how I offer value to the people that need exactly what I'm offering, then I get to create clients out of people that, I've, that didn't already meet me in real life. But in the beginning... All of the people who I worked with came from real life. They came from my yoga classes or they just came from people who knew me, right? From the, like who met me, who knew me or who, who I net, I went, of course I joined networking groups, but even in the networking group, being able to say what you do is not enough. Saying who you are is not enough. Being able to say who you serve very specifically is what will make a networking group experience valuable to you. It's when other people hear from you, from your own mouth, 
who your ideal clients are, then they can start thinking, I wonder if I know anybody. But if you just talk about what you do and who you are, they're never going to be thinking, oh, I wonder if I know someone just like that because you haven't told them who it is that you're looking for. So I want to clarify another thing uh, as we're talking about niche and about who are you for. I want to talk a little bit about the difference between your niche and what you may have heard referred to as like your hot hook or like your elevator pitch or sometimes in some of the like networking groups, they call it your commercial, which essentially is, is this like kind of one or two sentence, you know, uh, pitch about like about what you do and who you serve. Right. And I have watched countless, (laughs) countless coaches and service based entrepreneurs waste hours. I believe it's hours and those hours may add up into days. Okay, wasting time trying to craft a hot hook or an elevator pitch, those two sentences from just sitting and trying to write those things instead of doing the work that it really takes to come up with your niche. So the difference between your niche and your hot hook is your hot hook is a consolidated, well-written sentence that you might be able to easily roll off the tip of your tongue when you are given the opportunity, like at a networking where, where everyone goes around and you get your 30 seconds or your one minute to kind of like stand up and, and say what you do and who you're for, okay? Um, that's like a crafted sentence. It may also be something that you that ends up in writing, right? Like let's say you have to put a short bio sentence somewhere, you know, some or maybe someone's introducing you, Um Maybe you're a guest on a podcast and someone needs to have a sentence or two to say about you that you give them. That crafted sentence, okay, can only be crafted out of you doing the deep dive work of of developing what your niche really is. So one of the things that I teach people and that I'm going to teach you is I'm going to say your niche is for you just as much as it is for other people. Figuring out your niche and doing the deep dive work of, of who you're for is something that is so that you can get so much clarity about that, that you can then start creating the messaging and the content, whatever you're putting out into the world. And when I say messaging and content, I don't just mean on social media. I mean, when you're talking to people, when you're deciding if you're going to do a talk somewhere, when you're thinking about what to put out into the world to attract your ideal client, that work of developing your niche is a deep dive. And I'm going to give you as your homework from this episode, if this is not work you've done before, or maybe you've done it before, but maybe you've never done it the way I tell you to do it. I'm going to say, grab your notebook and, and you want to do this. And, and even though you may be thinking, you might be thinking, <laughs> you might be thinking, Stacy, I am so not going to like narrow myself down and limit who I can help because I can help everyone. And I'm going to tell you that I thought that too. Because like I told you in the beginning, when I first started my coaching business, right, I was coming from the yoga world. And here's the thing about the yoga world, right? I'm, I'm in the yoga classroom teaching yoga and 
And when I'm thinking about, but when I'm when I'm talking to you right now about niche, when you hear niche, you think, oh, it's got to be so specific. It's either you only work with men, or you only work with women, or you work with people in this age range, or you only work with people that you know have this particular, you know, lifestyle thing or whatever. And I was thinking, you know, when I first started, I don't have a niche. I have so many people that, that, that love me and that, you know, that want to receive from me. If you look at the demographic in my yoga class, it's like every age, there's people in their twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, men, women, black, white, Asian, you know, Indian, everything that you can imagine. Right. And, 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 and gay, straight, transgender, he, she, they, I, this is me. I'm thinking how I don't need to limit myself. When I look at the people who love taking my yoga class, it's everyone. So I'm a coach for everyone in the world. (laughs) That's how I started. Okay. And like I said, I did get a lot of clients in the beginning that already had some no like and trust with me. But now here's what I'm going to tell you. When I had my first coach who said, well, you probably are going to need to like, like figure out a niche, like, or, or, or get clear on what your niche is or, you know, or who you, who you're for, who you serve, because in order to like start expanding, who's going to find you, you're going to have to get more specific. And I was so resistant. I was like, well, that I don't need to do that. I mean, look at all these different people. But when I really looked at who ultimately invested with me, Right. So I had all these people. Yeah. I mean, they were investing in yoga classes, but they're investing like, you know, less than $20. Right. But when I was when I started looking at who was coming into a coaching partnership with me, who was actually investing and and committing to like the work with me for 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 however many months when I first started, I was three months. Um, When I started looking at that, when I pulled back the lens and I started asking myself, what do these people have in common? my niche started emerging. It wasn't like I had to find a niche or start like figuring one out. It was that I started looking at who I was working with and I was like, oh yeah, every single person that comes to me is in some way a creative, is in some way in service, even if it wasn't in an obvious way. Okay, but they were service based, creative individuals. And this is even before they were coming to me for business help, but they were coming to me for the life coaching. And what they wanted was to be using what lights them up and doing what was what they were passionate about. And they weren't necessarily saying, I want to start a business, but they were basically identifying that they wanted more of what I had. And because they knew me as a yoga teacher, who came in and constantly was sharing all of the things that I do in my life, go to shows, listen, go to concerts, always know what's going to be the most amazing transformative experience, go to it and then come back and share it and tell everybody in the class, oh, you have to do this. It's just going to expand your mind. It's going to open your heart. And being a person who who reads the books, who does the things, and everyone wanted more of that. And so I started looking at who comes to me, soulful, creative, service-based individuals, right, who want to be having passionate and prosperous lives. So when I, when I started looking at what was really happening, I started realizing that I did have a niche because of who was attracted enough to want to work with me and actually make the investment. 
So, so getting more specific than just the people who wanted to be in my yoga classroom, which is wonderful that they wanted to be in the yoga classroom, but who wanted to take that next step and actually work with me at a higher level. So I am here to tell you, oh, so the work, the work that you're going to do when you start thinking about your niche and who you're for, who are you for? The work that you want to do is not only that you want to know, like, what problems do you solve? No matter what you do, if you're in a service-based business, you've got to know what problem you help other people to solve with your expertise. What about what you do is something that someone else needs because they either can't do it on their own or even if they could, they're not, <laughs> right? Because, because, because it's not really like they're, it's not really what they're, what they're great at. It doesn't come easily to them. They need the support. They need the accountability. So what problem do you solve? What outcomes right? Do you, do you help people to get, this is all part of your niche. Who do you help is what problem do you solve? What outcomes, you know, do you help people to get the process that you use, right? To help them do that. So in other words, like your niche is also understanding that you do things in a certain way that your ideal client is going to want to want to do with you. They're going to want to do it your way. And then finally, the who you who are you for part is what about you? And 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 your niche is about the other person, but this is really important. This is going to be like what I hope is like one of your biggest takeaways. Who is going to be attracted to you specifically? Who is going to resonate with you? Who is going to hear the way you put the content out there or the way you share the message or the way you say how you help people, who is going to connect with that? And you've got to be able to start looking for that in your immediate life already. And then we expand that. We expand that circle outward, outward, outward till now. It's no longer based on 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 real people, right? That you know or that have already wanted to work with you or that seem to be responding or that seem to kind of get you. But then you get to start expanding that outward so that you can start calling more of those people in. So if you want to have a, a, a business, if you want to if you want to have a, a passionate and prosperous business, whatever that is, Working one-on-one or expanding it outward even into attracting an audience, people that want what it is that you're creating with your gifts. If you ultimately want to make money and have that be the like something that is really like a, you know, a, a revenue generating way that you that you support yourself, you're going to have to be able to expand your your audience and your circle way beyond what it is now. I have to expand mine way beyond what it is now if I want to have ultimately what I want. If I want to have a, a, a seven-figure business, a, a million-dollar business, I need more people to to be interested in working with me in, in, in any of the different things that I put out, my group programs, my academy, the Passion and Prosperous Academy, my program Out of Overwhelm and Into Action, working with me one-on-one, listening to this podcast, attending my workshops and my masterclasses. I have to keep growing if I want to keep growing my business. And so wherever you are, where you start, you have to be thinking 
what you have right now is gold. It's gold in terms of you figuring out who you're for so that you can then turn that around, use that information, and keep creating more of what the people that you're for that don't know you yet will want so that they can find you and so that they'll want to keep following you when they first get hip to you. Because people don't always invest the minute they see or hear your cute face or your sweet voice, right? They might get excited about you. They might go, huh, they might get curious, but they're not necessarily going to be customers right away. And so building no like and trust is what you do with your content and therefore your content needs to be geared toward those people so that they'll keep coming back, so that they'll keep thinking, I want more of what he, she, or they are putting down, are putting out into the world. So who are you for? The answer is not everyone. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a, a, a big exclamation point on that. And the way I'm going to say this, I want you to imagine me saying it in capital letters with an exclamation point, okay? Who are you for? Not everyone. And here's the, here's the exclamation part. And that's okay because there are plenty of people out there that want exactly what you have to offer. So the more confident and specific you can get about how awesome what you have to offer is for the right person, the easier it's going to be for you to attract your ideal clients, generate revenue, build your audience, and get to have your prosperous life and business based on your passions and using your gifts and your skills and what makes you special and what makes your ideal client resonate with you, want to find you, want to follow you, and want to work with you. So, whoo, that was juicy. I'm so excited about everything that I talked about today. This is my passion. I want more than anything to help you to believe in yourself and that you can do the work that lights you up and that you can create a passionate and prosperous life and business and that that doesn't only mean making a lot of money, but it means waking up every single day and being really excited about what you're going to do with your time and your energy and your focus. I look forward to being with you next week. If this is valuable content to you, if you know any coaches, any service-based professionals, any wellness professionals, any creatives that you think need to hear this, that need to get more clarity on how to build a service-based business, right? Send them to Passionate and Prosperous. Share this with them. We're excited to grow this community and I will talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening to Passionate and Prosperous with me, Stacey Brass Russell. You can get notified when new episodes drop every Wednesday. So please make sure to click the follow or subscribe button on your platform of choice. And if that happens to be Apple, it's the little plus sign on the top right. If you know anyone that you think would benefit from what we're doing here, go ahead, spread the love, tell a friend, and stay tuned for next week's episode where we'll be talking about how you actually can't do anything wrong. What do you think about that? And as always, I'm sending you love and high vibes. Remember, life is hard and there's always something you can do about it.